0: Another money-saving secret from Arm & Hammer.
1: My name is Malena. I'm from Los Angeles, California. I love Arm & Hammer Sensitive Skin Plus Scent Laundry Detergent. It cleans really well. It doesn't irritate my skin, and it smells wonderful.
0: Arm & Hammer Sensitive Skin Plus Scent has a skin-friendly scent people love, so it's preferred two-to-one over the leading free and clear detergent, and it costs up to 30% less.
1: We've been on a very tight budget lately, so it's a no-brainer. The clean you need
0: at a fraction of the cost.
2: Buzz From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Mad Men After Show. Mad Men, Mad, Mad, man. Man. <laughs>
0: Mad Men, Mad Men, Mad Men, Mad Men,
2: Mad Men. Oh, <laughs> Bing is for doing and we are doing the live Mad Men After Show After Buzz After Show here at John Lovett's Comedy Club with a live studio audience thank you all for coming thank you. Yeah, this is awesome um, Fantastic, fantastic finale. Actually, I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined, as always, by my main man, Matt Lieberman.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Joe.
2: And uh, our, our other cohorts, Catherine Tulich and Joe Sanfilippo, are not here, cannot be here. But in their stead, we have some special guests yes. from the show, Mad Men. In their stead, we have some special guests. Uh, everyone, please welcome uh, the fabulous
0: Beth Hall. Beth Hall, who plays
2: uh, Rogers' assistant, Caroline. Thank you so much for coming, Beth. Thank you, Beth. And uh, we also have Mr. Henry Francis himself, <laughs> Mr. Christopher Stanley. Yeah. Oh, on. On. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. How are you? Good. Beth, how are you doing? I'm great. Great. Fantastic. So, so, great episode. So, we'll, we'll just dive right in here because um, Don, I don't know where to start. We've got a lot going on with Don. We've got the demise of Pete's mother. Yes, and the presumably. demise of his career, presumably. Presumably at the hands of Manolo. Yes. We've got Bob Benson revealing himself a little further. We've got Roger you know, uh, requesting to be with, yeah. his grand, with his son. Yes. And still distancing a relationship from his grandson.
0: Yeah, kind of the existential dam burst for a lot of people. Like every everyone's been dealing with crises all season. You know, we had uh, we had Ted Shaw who's been wrestling with uh, with this potential affair. Ooh, thank you, thank you. My word, some uh, wonderful thank, thank Mad Men Mad Men martinis. Thank you for us here. Pat, thank you, thank you, <laughs> Pat. Um, yeah, we had a lot of existential dams burst. Like uh, Don, who. Has had so much, you know, on his mind and on his soul, really. And there was that, there was that great line: uh, "The only unpardonable sin is to believe God cannot forgive you." He's he's so low that he punches that minister in the face, right. gets landed in the drunk tank, uh, and finally, it's just too much, and uh, he starts. He, we end the episode with him letting his kids in finally on who he is, to
2: an extent. There's a lot that, that what I went on this episode. For this journey we've been seeing, this sort of breakdown. I've been talking about this breakdown he's been having all season, which is this sort of like, felt like this sort of season-long, I don't know if it's a midlife crisis, but season-long complete breakdown in which mid-season, I'm middle-aged, I can say, I'll say midlife crisis. Sure. <laughs> I know what he's talking about. Um, mid-season, we saw that the, our, one of our favorite episodes The Crash, which is our, uh, our amphetamine episode, where he literally crashed to the ground, and then we thought like that was rock bottom. But we see actually in the finale here that Kim, maybe his rock bottom was ending up in a drunk, take punching a priest.
0: Natty wasn't even rock bottom. Rock bottom was getting called in on Thanksgiving Day to get summarily fired, and replaced uh, by just some schmo that Duck Phillips brought along. Yeah, Duck Phillips. Duck. Exactly. <laughs>
2: That <laughs> jerk. So I don't know, guys. What, what did you What did you think? I mean, I, I'm almost called you Henry. I want to call you Henry all night. I'm so sorry. His name Chris. is Christopher. Chris. What His did name is Chris. Call um, me Chris. <laughs> Chris. Fine. Chris. What did you What did, what did you think of tonight's episode? I
4: thought it was great. I, yeah? mean, I thought it was a nice. Uh, it sort of tied up a lot of loose ends, and you've got to see, you know, some the arc of some of these characters and where they've been and where they're going, where they are, and the inevitable sort of demise, um, of Don and, and where he needs to go. I mean, he obviously needs to sort of cleanse his soul and repent. And he's maybe has to go a little bit further into the abyss before he realizes, um, that he wants to be the kind of man that he can be, the kind of father that he can be. And I think that you see that and you see sort of these little elements of it at the very end when he, he, uh, he, uh, basically allows Ted to go to California in his stead. Mm -hmm. And I think that that speaks a lot to the kind of guy that he is. He wants to see Ted make the same kind of mistakes that he made, because he knows if Ted stays, he knows that Ted is probably gonna fall on a similar path that he is. You see him take his children to where he grew up and he has this, what once was an unconscious desire, but I think a, a, a much more conscious desire now to reveal himself. To be who he is, to be Dick Whitman, right, and that's an incredibly hard thing for him to do.
2: Is that surprising to you, given what we've seen of Don Don Draper the last sort of six season, which is six seasons, which is this guy who's been so worked so hard to distance himself from from Dick Whitman and build who this Don Draper is, and then all this hiding to now a person who wants to embrace it, and that, that's, I mean, that's I'm so glad that that's happening because I've been yeah. down on Don this season. Yeah. Um, everyone's you know, still like Don's a man, Don. Dombey and Don, but I'm really, you know. No. So I, I mean, well, he's this- too
0: old for it, honestly.
2: Hey, what's hey well, age? come on. Right.
0: But it's, I mean, I think that that's kind of what, what this season was about, in many ways. Was, you know, he's he's a bit too old for it. Like the rust is starting to show, and right. in many ways, kind of like how in 1968, uh, all of this uh, all of this unrest and and social upheaval was kind of coming to this this big climax. You know, at the same time, he was sliding further and further down. Um, Beth, what did you what did you think about the episode and about sort of Don's crisis this season?
1: I love the episode. Um, I think it's really Don deciding. I just don't want to run anymore, and he sees that um, Ted is just starting that journey of running. Yeah, and uh, he's he's done with it. That's what I got from it. That's just like. What a relief. Like, I, I think any fugitive will tell you when they get caught it's a relief. Right. Not that I naturally... So from your experience <laughs> on the run? Yeah. <laughs> from my own experience of hiding out for years. And put in, so yeah. another
0: is person. Beth Hall your real name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's what I got from it, that he just was, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Let's, let's be dick. Right.
2: But, uh, well, I mean, and and and, and Henry. Henry, Chris, God, just, just I'm go sorry, ahead. <laughs> take me take me a minute. Uh, <laughs> I, like I, I, I look at you, I just see Henry, uh, Chris. Uh, so, and what do you I mean? Do you, are you surprised? I do not want to ask you. Were you surprised at this sort of change from Don? make a good point about him embracing Dick Whip, Dick Whitman. Are you surprised that?
4: Well, that, first of all, I don't think he's embracing Dick Whitman. He's okay. struggling with he's struggling with it, okay. and I'm not surprised. but he's been doing it. He's been trying to come to terms with who this, who he really is, with his real identity, since the very first episode of the very first show. We all want to see Don be Don. Everybody, especially guys. I mean, we all, as guys, we all sort of relate to to Don, and we want to be Don. And in our own lives, I think what Matt is saying is that we put this face, we put this face, you know, to the public, this facade. And we build this thing to be the professionals we want to be, to be the, the people we want to be, to, to, so that we can succeed. And I think that's, he's using Don as a way to say, listen, this is who we all are. We all have these skeletons in our class. We all have our insecurities, fears, wounds, whatever they are um, in terms of how we've grown up. But yet when you go for a job interview, or if you're in your job, you put up this entirely different facade. And you sort of push those parts of you back right. so that you can present to the world and to your boss and to your colleagues this person of who you would like to be who you you know aspire to be but there's this whole other part of you that's that's there and that's going to come up and sort of bite you on the butt if you don't address it in some way at some point in your life and Don I feel is the epitome of this um, and Don has been trying to be who he is and trying to Wrestle with and reconcile who he is since the very beginning of this show, and now we're starting to see him. Um, I don't, th- I still don't think he's willingly doing it, but he's he's getting to a point where he has to. Otherwise, he's going to self-destruct.
2: Right. You know, uh, Matthew wanted out. Uh, he said, you know, one of the things he's fascinated by is how much a guy who looks like an astronaut, like like Don Draper, can get away with, and we, right. you know, we're seeing it. Like not only in in the show itself, but actually us as viewers. I mean, this guy is spent six years doing some pretty deplorable things. And we're right. like, ah, it's just done. So it's really, really great to sort of see him um, have moments of regret and self-awareness. And that scene, when he, uh, the Hershey scene, where he has that sort of confessional or breakdown, is that more of a breakdown or confessional Confessional for, for you? Yeah.
0: I would say it was, I mean, it was another breakdown. He, he kind of collapsed midstream. He knew that what he was, he, he knew that what he was selling was bogus. You know, like, uh, what do you think, Beth? Like, he's, he's selling this lie of the, of the perfect American family, the perfect American Hershey's, but this, this brand meant so much to him, you know? Yeah, where, I,
1: think, I think when the guy from Hershey said, oh, what a lucky boy you were, I think maybe that got to him, was like yeah. realizing that he didn't want everyone to think he was a lucky child, and, or just knowing that was so not what his childhood was.
4: I don't know. I well, think what he's saying, and just to add into this, yeah. And in terms of the writing, and not to be too cynical about it, is that the American dream is a lie. It's
2: a little yeah. bit of a lie. It's well, what, the, what
4: they're telling you is not exactly what you're gonna get.
2: That seems to be the premise of the show, isn't it? I mean exactly. the, the show is that we exactly. have everything that we hold dear, uh, you know, as you know, whether it's Valentine's cards and love or, you know, maybe created by some admin in Manhattan in the sixties. Right. And guys like Don Draper, who's actually a guy who's not Don Draper, he's a guy named Dick Whitman. So it makes you really question all these things that we hold dear and are sold, where they come from, the origins of where they come from.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it, it also, I, I think a big thing about this season and uh, a lot of the characters on the show, it's kind of, it's, it's optimism, you know, whether it's real or whether it's it's false. You know, you look at Don and Ted, and I think one of the key differences between them, you look at that bar scene a few episodes ago before the merger, and uh, they're comparing their approaches to the new Chevy. And uh, Don says, the, the future is something you haven't even imagined yet. And Ted says, life is an adventure. You know, Ted is open to life. Don is talking about, oh, you know, the future is something you haven't even thought of yet. And then last week, we got that uh, that Nixon uh, advertisement yeah. That was uh, that was basically like, you know, vote. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Um, and uh, you, I think you're right in talking about sort of the American dream and how that is a lie uh, because Don and Ted are selling the American dream, and that Nixon commercial, in many ways, is kind of saying there is no American dream, we're living the American nightmare.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> well,
0: not to put too well, you know what we This is yeah. a cheery, cheery I know, it's here. the most <laughs> fun episode. Oh my gosh.
4: But that's what the show is. I mean, really, in essence, it's, and it can be looked at sort of cynically and dark. But there is that element to the show that is, I think that that's what it is. The through line to me, subtextually, is that the show is a little dark and a little cynical and a little, look, take a little closer look at your life, your place in this life, your identity in this life, and what this country is asking of you in terms of the American dream, if that's what we're talking about. And it's not really what the commercials, and it's not what the ads, which is what these guys do, you know, they they put these pretty little ads up there and they say, this is, you know, if you buy this, this is what you'll be and it's not true. You know, if you wear this, you'll be beautiful. If you smell like this, you'll be, you know, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's just not, and it's not really true. It's really, those things just sort of pull you away from really your, the, the, the core, the essence of who you really are. You
0: Which, know? if you think about the, uh, the, the Hershey scene and yeah. he's, he's talking about, you know, you shouldn't even have to advertise. You know, it said "sweet" on the wrapper. Right. You know, uh, no one should be able to tell any child what a Hershey bar is. Right. And maybe that's that's kind of his moment of realizing, I don't need to show anybody anything. I am who I am, and I need to embrace that a little bit more.
1: Well, he just kept saying, "I don't care." He just didn't care anymore.
0: Yeah.
4: So. He's sort of tired of the lie. Yeah. yeah. He's sort of tired of living the lie. You know, of, he's living. You know, his life is one of these ad campaigns in a yeah. no way, and he's—that's probably why he went into this, this this business to begin with, because it's a perfect facade, to a perfect cover for who he, you know, in, in terms of reinventing himself. That's what he did. He was brilliant at it as well. He, you
2: I'm know. I'm really interested in, in, in what, what was the moment for you, for you guys, all you guys, in, in this episode where, where Don made that ultimate realization? Because I was moved. I was actually moved by the Hershey's uh, speech, which is sort of the anti carousel speech. We're talking about the carousel yeah. speech, yeah. which everyone loved, was so great in season one. And this was like the anti carousel speech, was, you know. But um, I was moved by that. I was really moved by the end, uh, that moment, seeing his his, his house. Now taking his children to his house, and and, you know Sally's lament has always been, "I don't know who you are, I don't think about you." And that moment where she looks at him, and it's just nothing was said, but it was like one of the more moving things I've seen on the show. Mm -hmm. But I'm really, I'm curious, all you guys, what was the moment where Don was like, "F this, and I I can't, you know, I'm I'm, I'm done. I I need to, I need to do something different." Was was it during the Hershey scene? Was it before in the Drunk Tank? Like when was the moment for you guys? Um, I don't know when it
1: was for me, I think when he was having the meeting with Ted it seemed like something was something some collect. realization was going on in his, his head that we weren't aware of, which maybe led to the Hershey speech. But um, yeah, just listening to Ted and and knowing what where the road Ted was going right. I think made him sort of look back on maybe his life and what what he could have done differently to taken a different path maybe. Yeah.
4: Chris? But probably when he, you know, I don't know, I, I would think after he punched out the priest. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say you know, that too. I mean, that's just look at that metaphorically. Yeah. You know, I mean, just in terms of he knocks out a priest. Right. I mean, he locks out, you know, he knocks out this, you know, the, think about what a priest symbolizes, what they represent, you know, in our lives as Christians, Catholic, Jews, whatever we are. they. He's basically saying, you know, essentially what you are is nonsense. It's, it's not going to bring me any closer to who I am. And I think in terms of, t- to answer your question more specifically, we've been seeing, you know, the, I don't think there was any one defining moment that Don has said, I'm, I'm done, I'm doing this. I'm going to, I think we've seen that progression happen, especially over the last two or three seasons.
0: Yeah, well, last season we saw him, you know, move further and further away from the office. It stopped mattering. You know, at first he was wrapped up in his marriage and then... As that started to fall apart, he was wrapped up in his affair. Then he was wrapped up in this whole situation with, with Sally and how that you know, completely crushed him to have, to have no... He couldn't even generate respect. He was in a, a situation, finally, where no amount of talking could fix it. Right. He, has, he, he finally has no power. And then over the course of this episode, we just see him stripped of everything. Stripped of his marriage and stripped of his job and stripped of self-respect, you know, in that drunk tank. And honestly, I have never been more excited to see where he goes as a character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too.
4: Yeah, Yeah. it's exciting. It's exciting to see what he's... How he's going to handle this, you know, this sort of transformation into who he really is as opposed to the front that he's put up for the last, you know, however many years. Yeah. And isn't that sort of the transformation we all kinda of go through on some level yeah. and in terms of not putting forth again this face of who we'd like people to think we are and having the courage at some point in your life to go, you know, I don't care who you think I am, this is who I am. Right. I mean that epitomizes me. Oh, epitomizes it to isn't. me you know, <laughs> no. <to> who Don <laughs> Draper is, you know. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, and what we, uh, we all hope to get there. This is, I'm so glad that he's making this transformation because I wonder. I mean, you know, obviously, we would still root for Don Draper if he didn't make this transformation. But the fact that he is maybe making this and seeing some light, there's an optimistic end to the end of this episode. So we'll, maybe we will see uh, a new Don Draper. Um, the last thing on Don before we move on to some of the other characters is that um, I wonder. You know, that, so we, at the beginning of the episode, we saw him doing his normal Don Draper sort of Dick Whitman things, which are like. Running, I mean, he, you know, he's on his way to California. He stole that idea from Stan, yeah. Which maybe just made me think of like, this is sort of how Don Draper does this. He, he, you know, he, he puts he's himself up at the extent at the expense of others, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we love him. He's great, but this is how he does it, you know. Um, and so, and he's off to California. I, the question I had, and then he makes, he makes this turn. Thank you. The question I have is, I'm wondering, in that moment where he decides he's not going to California, that felt sort of like, like he was sabotaging his, I mean, it felt like sort of self sabotage in that he, he had to know that that was not going to go well with Megan. I mean, do you think he really thinks that this will be fine, that his marriage will be okay, or was it this sort of his way of saying, I want out of this marriage?
0: I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily that. I think that uh, in many ways, he, he was finally putting someone else ahead of himself you know, it, despite whatever squabbles he's been having with Peggy he still cares about her, he doesn't want her to be wrapped up in, uh, in Ted's free fall and he doesn't, wanna, he doesn't want Ted to go into free fall I think it's kind of accepting you know, maybe I've had my time, what do you two think?
1: Well going back to the meeting with Ted when Ted says, I've got kids I mean I think maybe that triggered in his head that yeah, he's got three kids and he's going to run off to California and leave them, um that maybe he's decided he's going to work at that
4: yeah yeah i i I think it's a for once, and we've seen him do this before, but I think for this is one of the times where you see him completely being selfless for a change mm-hmm. instead of selfish right and he's and he just can't see himself doing this. I don't think that he believes, and this is just my opinion because I don't know, I think he's incredibly unhappy in this marriage personally, I don't think he's yeah. I don't think he's finding... How could that be possible? She's so wonderful. That's not what he wants, though. Exactly. That's yeah. not what he needs. I right. mean, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter. She, I mean, she could be an angel. Yeah. He's, he's got to sort of wrestle with his own soul first before he can even see in somebody else what it is that he wants. He yeah, doesn't even right. know what he wants at this point. And you don't know what you want until you've sort of come to terms with who you are as a person. But I think that he's, he's, um, he's willing to do this not just for Ted, but he's willing to do it because he also knows that he's going to go back to Megan, Megan and he has to say to her, we're not going. He, I think he's very well aware of how she's going to take that. And I don't think he's entirely surprised that, to know that she may walk out on him because she's going to be incredibly disappointed. I'm, I'm not saying he's happy about that, right. but he's willing to become so honest and so real in a, in, a, in a very authentic way that he's willing to lose everything to gain, what, an element an aspect of his soul. I don't yeah. know. Well,
0: don't well know. Wouldn't, wouldn't you all consider uh, his marriage to Megan an evasion in the first place? You, you go all the way back to season four and like, okay. Well, Beth, you, you elaborate. No, please. <laughs> no,
1: no, I was just going to say that when he says, oh, we go back to L.A., we were happy there because that's where they, they sort of started, he started loving her. Right. But that was also just like, just because she was a little different than Betty
2: and... He was on the run again. I mean, he was running away.
0: Well, he was finally, you know, he finally had a partner in in Faye back in season four. You know, like she was getting through to him. He was sharing with her. He was sharing with her. And it was something that was infinitely more challenging but could have been ultimately rewarding. And he ran yet again for the fantasy. And then we just, we've watched that crumble. And I think having no moves left and not having a fantasy to run home to is going to force him to actually make the choices that he's, you know, seen and then just casually walked away from so many times. Mm. True. Yeah.
2: And then, of course, the, the very, the very the telling, you know, Matt Weiner does these great things like last ep- last season with Don Are You Alone? You mm. know, that sort of iconic thing. And this season, one of Don's, you know, in the elevator, going down. You know, <laughs> it's sort wow. of like... You know that was. Uh, I think that was
1: a dig at him knowing why they were there.
2: Right, <laughs> going down.
0: But just like, did did anybody else have a moment where like they said that? and I'm like, oh my god, if you end this episode right now, I'm gonna be so mad.
2: Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad there was some resolution.
0: There. Right, and I almost wonder if that was like a little bit of a of a wink to the fans who like obsessed over "Are You Alone" all summer <laughs> right. and then the rest of the year.
2: Um, we're, we're a rabid bunch. Yeah, we are. We're, we're, we're nuts. Yeah. Okay, so, but so, so let's move on. I want to move on to Peggy and, and Cha, because this is the, the other main storyline here. And Peggy, like, you know, so we have, you know, Don has that sit down at one-on-one with Ted last week where he tells him, look, dude, you know, I know what you're doing. I've been there. Knock it off. And Your head ain't on straight. Right. Quit it. Like not. You know. So it, it appears. It appears that Ted was listening to him until Peggy, very <laughs> smartly, gets dolled up in that dress and then in the old push-up bra. And, and, uh, in, a
0: decided, in a
2: decidedly un-Peggy move. Yeah. All I could think about is how far Peggy's come from season one, carrying the boxes in with Joan, like <laughs> wide-eyed, looking around, yeah. to like the bra in the mirror. You know, she's she's definitely uh, made some moves. But so that oh there you go. What well, else? Great stuff, great stuff. There we go. So that yeah, that uh okay. So that uh with with so that move really affected really, really super 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 affected Ted, obviously. So Ted saw that, gave him the look and went to her apartment in the ghetto like to get her. So I mean, I don't know. I what Well you, also
1: goes to show that what lengths a woman will go to when she's in love with a man, or thinks she is, or wants to get a man. I mean, women just do crazy things. You look back and you say, what? But you do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But also to what lengths a man will go to when he's decided, I'm going to sleep with the woman that I'm interested in, even though I'm married. Yeah, Dick. Chris, thoughts.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I think that he's... uh, they both want something that they think is going to make them happy, and it's not really going to make them happy. Yeah, it's you know he thinks that going with this you know younger, you know vivacious, beautiful, smart you know woman in Peggy is going to somehow make him a happier man, and she thinks that getting involved with a married man is going to make her
0: happy. And it's well, he makes these promises. He makes these promises. He says he's going to leave the wife. He says that yeah. you know, he loves her. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think we can all understand on a level you know, why, why that relationship appeals to Ted. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, we,
4: yeah, we could see why it would appeal to him. Absolutely. But, but, it's, you know, but it's really surface. It's really sort of an ego gratification. Uh, he's got this, this great wife, this great family, these great kids. Why? I mean, really, so we why? We
1: don't know how great she is.
4: Well no we don't, but we yeah. assume that you know not she 's not that great of it she, <laughs> we. well, she seems like a, she seems like nice. a she seems like a nice person we don 't know enough. I think in not knowing, we can assume that it 's not bad but it 's a it's, marriage it 's an honest, real relationship. Why would you want and so much about the show always speaks about this is about you 're in a place where you 're very content you 're happy you're you know but we strive for these exciting moments of daring and the kinds kind of, of things
0: we see in advertisements. Exactly. Perhaps. He wants the
4: you know, he wants the he wants the advertisement. He wants yeah. the hot young girl. But it's interesting you know I mean? I mean,
0: it's you know. a radically different kind of fantasy than the ones that say Don would go for. Right. Where, you know, it's it's uh, it's the mother and the whore versus, you know, this woman who's very much his equal and sometimes his better. Yeah. You know, she she's creative, she's smart, you know, she knows herself, she owns herself and uh, it's, it's tempting enough to, like, that kind of partnership is tempting enough that he would
2: throw his family away, but not quite. Yeah, well, apparently Almost. not. I mean, as we talk about this all season as well, the season of mirroring. Ted is sort of the, the anti-Don. You know, they're, they're you know, the, the same, two sides of the same coin, if you will, or whereas you said Don would never do this in this way, something that Ted would go for. But ultimately, again, Ted chose family, whereas Don has not. So there, there's something there that maybe what, what maybe that's what affected Don as well. And
4: Don actually helped him cho- choose. His yeah,
2: I mean maybe that was the moment, like, like by sending that,
4: him to California, in, in essence, without telling him directly, he yeah. was saying, "Don't do this. Right. Do this." Exactly, which which is yeah. a good a good thing with Don. Don't don't go for the colorful, nice, pretty flower that you think is going to make you happy. Right, you are happy if you mm-hmm. just stop and sort of stop for a minute. I also
1: think he sees what happens to the women that he's. Left behind, and he maybe didn't want that to happen to Peggy.
2: And Peggy's reaction, I thought, was it was spot on, incredible, right? I mean, yeah. and, and from Beth, I mean, from a, from a woman's perspective. Yeah, because he know, kept
1: he kept leading her on and then backing off, and so she would say, "Okay, back off." And then he'd lead her on, and it was like, "Wait a second, you still want that? You still want this?" Because I was ready to let it go. And then he'd lead her on again, and then he says, "I don't want anyone to have you but me." And then then he leaves again, so she's like.
2: She's like, get the fuck out of here. Exactly. <laughs> get Did out. Did I have to say that? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just said it. <laughs> you said it, it's too get late. <laughs> but Ted, Ted came to her in a way that was sort of, you know, uh, I'm doing the right thing. I'm noble. Peggy, you'll, you'll thank me later. She's uh, like, get out. Give it a rest, <laughs> get, Ted. Get out.
0: Well, I mean, all season, anyone who's talked about the show is just like, oh, you know, especially Peggy. She's like, Ted is the good Don. Right. He's the good Don. He is virtuous. Right. He is you know, he's righteous, he knows what's right, he's being tempted, but he's still a good person. No, if he was the good person, even if he was, you know, just, even if he wanted to tell Peggy, I'm going to leave my wife for you, you don't act on it. You don't act on it. And ultimately, he's still just as weak as the majority of the other men on the show.
4: What does that say about Peggy, that she's willing to break up a marriage? I mean, Mm -hmm. mean, you're going to talk about so much of this thing, the show is really about what people want. I want what I want and I want it now. Right. Yeah. Even the most virtuous peop- characters on the show, from Peggy on down, you know, who we think are just really sweet and really nice. She's willing to destroy a marriage so she can have what she wants. I mean, how selfish is that? Come on, let me. We're 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 going to look at it realistically. Well, that's the thing. We don't know if she's
0: really that virtuous. Remember,
1: Pete was engaged to get married in season one, and she slept
4: with him. Yeah, yeah. I don't. But but that's another example of what it is that I'm saying. Yeah. You know, we, we 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 sort of put Peggy on this pedestal as this, you know, this really sweet woman who's sort of really grown, and she has but she will stop at nothing to get a man and be happy at, at the cost of destroying another woman and another woman's life. Well, let, to get it.
0: let me so. ask you something, Chris, because in many ways, you know, Henry Francis, even though he, when he romanced <laughs> Betty, she was still married, right? Right, yeah. But since then, he has been, in, in many ways, kind of the paragon of virtue of this show. Well, I would,
4: th- I would say, listen, he approached this relationship from the beginning and knew that, he, uh, that she was married. Nothing was consummated. There was a kiss. okay, And that was it. He knew, as far as I was concerned, and I think as far as Henry was, Henry was concerned, was this, that marriage was over <laughs> long before Henry came around. It was pretty much, if you go back and look at those episodes, it was, that, was, that marriage was done. And even then, he was extremely hesi- hesitant in terms of moving forward, in terms of, Backing off and saying, "Listen, this is how I feel about you." But you and he said to her at one point in one of the episodes, "You have to, you have to take care of this before we move forward. You have to do something about this." And I'm willing to help you with that if that's what you want. If they, if you're going to do that, then great. But if you're not, then I'm gone. It was never consummated before that. Yeah. He never had. He didn't have sex with her. He didn't. He didn't better. And he allowed her the space to be able to do what she was going to do with that marriage. And she did. She confronted Don, as you remember in that, in that episode, and said, I can't do this anymore. And it was only then that he moved forward. And I think he's always kind of kind of bad rap, Henry. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, he does come off as sort of this virtuous sort of, you know, great guy. Why it's is that a just, bad rap? Yeah. Not, well, because I think that people, people think that he's... You know, what's his flaw? What's his problem? What's going on? And they, and they, and they don't know enough about him to, to completely fully trust him. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. People don't really want to see, they, until he does something really horrible and bad, they go, Oh, now I can go, Now I know that guy. Well, but the if, fact of the matter is, he hasn't done anything like that. So yeah. they, they're always sort of holding him at arm's length, kind of going, What is this guy about? They're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And the, the truth of the matter is, that's kind of just who he is. But that's so you know? funny
0: when you look at him versus, say, someone like Bob Benson, yeah. who just by being nice yeah. made everyone think this guy is a snake.
2: Yeah. He has to be well, stopped. Not everyone. <laughs> you. you for well, sure. okay, me
0: mostly, <laughs> but yeah. also yeah. at least half the internet.
2: Yes. Come on. At least half. Yeah. 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 So let's just jump into Bob Benson, and we're gonna we're gonna just. I want touch on the Benson. We'll touch on uh, Pete, and then we'll get into some some questions for you guys, and then if you guys have some questions for them as well, we'll, we'll get into those in the episode. But just to, just to wrap this thing up, so uh, Bob Benson, Bob freaking Benson. Bob freaking
0: Benson. <laughs> Snake in the grass right. extraordinaire, yes. social climber,
2: right. evil genius, sociopathic, really nice guy. Right. I, I'm on the fence on Benson. I mean, like, you know, we're, we're still... So it's been revealed that, look, the internet has never... I, there's never been has a character, never been wrong. No, no. But there's never been a character uh, a man that has been introduced which uh, has starts such conversation as, as Bob Benson. I mean, there's just so many rumors. You know, is he a corporate spy? Is, is he, he a
0: time traveler from the future right. who's actually yeah. Peggy's baby? Is <laughs> he? Is, he, is he Don nowhere. Draper's yeah. son?
2: You know, there's all, yeah. there's, all, there's all there's all these rumors. Which,
0: but. like, if it was that one, imagine the season seven we would have, yes. guys.
2: But uh, whoa, and then it then it was revealed, like, probably about you know episode. You know, I don't know, ten or so. We thought, well, you know, or nine. Well, Don, you know, Bob's just a nice guy. You know, he's just, he's just, he's just, he's, just, he's just Bob. Until, until we find out. Un- uh, so, yeah. well, so we, we find out early on this episode that he's actually not who he says he is. He's actually a different version of, of frankly, of Dick Whitman. He's 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 on the same route Don Draper has, uh, a social climber doing his thing to get ahead. Uh, I'm still not sure that it makes him a bad guy. It just makes him uh, a, a, a Dick Whitman. Yeah. Um, there was a moment where he may or may or may not have come on to Pete, which still seems to be up for debate. Whether yeah. or not, you know, I would is like to not. open that debate in particular <clears throat> yes. to
0: our guests, Beth and Chris. Do you think that uh, first of all, it was never explicitly said is is Bob gay? What did that knee moment mean, or was it just like he was overcome with the emotion of the moment, or was he trying to just you know make Pete uncomfortable and maneuver him into a better position for him? to just, you know, snake him.
1: I don't think in 1968 you you do that to make someone uncomfortable. I think you're you're revealing yourself to someone he was yeah. in love with. Right. Um and, you know, knowing now he has this relationship with Manolo who he's admitted is also doesn't go for women. Right. So um yeah, I think if, to me, it came off like he was making a move
3: on Pete. Okay. So the obvious
2: question that then it, it, is, what is this with, with Joan? I mean, is he really just Joan's friend? Is he interested? Is he I bisexual? Think that's it
1: is it this move? It got him. It got him saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It saved
2: his job. What about those shorts? <laughs> 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 those are 68 shorts, I guess. Yeah. No, I don't. Know. I mean, Chris, what do you? What do you I do, do you do? think, he,
4: yeah, I I was he hitting on him or not? I, I mean, there were elements of that you saw that. I think he was desperate. I think he was willing to do whatever. I think he was really afraid in that moment. He knew he, it could all end for him at, at that moment. And he was reaching into his uh, hip pocket for every, whatever he could do to climb out of, of, of you know, the quagmire that he, that he felt that he was in. And he was going to do anything that he could. I think he was just really afraid.
0: You don't think that he actually had any real feelings for Pete? I don't think so.
4: No yeah. not personally, no. I mean, my perception of it is no. I don't think that he did. I think that he, I think he, he, he panicked and he went, okay, what can I do? What's, what's the thing that? What can I do? And well, I, there was
2: those really sinister moments last episode where you know Pete confronted him and he shook his hand hard and said, "You don't watch what you say." Just the veneer drug. Yeah, it was very. Okay? watch what you say yeah. about <laughs> people.
0: This guy, right? right. Oh, this Doesn't Mike,
2: matter. right? Yeah. What is happening? I, um, I got nothing. So so then but then this episode so we see him also sort of give it to Pete again. Well, first I'm curious about the thoughts on this. So Manolo marries I uh, mean you know, marries uh you know Miss Miss Campbell, yes. obviously, for money, presumably for money. Uh does I mean did he do you think Manolo killed her? Did Manolo do that? A. And B was Benson in on it? No. Ben, okay. Let's get something straight. All right. Bob Benson
0: oh, yeah. is a social climbing scumbag, very nice guy. Right. But he is not capable of murder. Right. Let's get that straight right now. Bob Benson <laughs> is not a murderer. He's way too smart for that. He's on thinking on a way bigger level. OK? He wouldn't need to drop a body. All right. uh, that's, just, that's all Manolo. Uh, if actually, I don't even know that Manolo was even responsible for it. the woman was infirm. She was, she was not well, and she ver- it could have been an accident. Then where's Manolo? And where's
1: Manolo? (laughs) Manolo,
0: uh, okay, the woman that he goes on a secret cruise with suddenly disappears. You don't think he's going to feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to be the only suspect here?
2: I'd run.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. You
2: would? I would run. (laughs) All right. So, and then, so we're, we're, I don't, and we'll, well, who knows? Well, maybe that will be solved next season, maybe not. But I want to get to the last thing in this episode I want to get to is, is the, the moment where he embarrasses Pete with the, with the, with the Detroit guys. Yes. <laughs> you know, we, we, we know, we know Detroit, Detroit guys who are a fine bunch of gentlemen. They'll shoot you in the face. Yep. They'll, uh, <laughs> they'll crash your car. Crash your car, and they'll do a lot of things. So, uh, you know, Benson knew exactly what he was doing to Pete in that okay. moment, and they were, they were disgusted. You can't drop a stick. Like I, I So, I mean, what? So, so clearly, made to your point, that that is not the act of someone who's in love with someone. That's the act of someone who is social climbing. I mean, and it, who's it, corporate climbing. Yeah. So.
4: Yeah, I think he, I think he's pissed at Pete. He knows Pete can end him. I think he knows Pete can completely end his life there. Right. And um, he's willing to just say, "Fuck off." Right. I'm going to make you look like a fool. Right. I can, I can, I can play your game. I can I can power you out of this as well and make you look like a jerk. Right. And he's, um, you know, you, you sort of see what he's made of there. You see what he's willing to do, you know. Puts on this big smiley sort of face. He's I another version of Don, you know, but he's really a very calculating, manipulative sort of very smart guy. Yeah. yeah. Personally.
1: Well, hell hath no fury like a person scorned, I mean. I think he's in love with him, and he's angry that he's not in love back with him. And oh, that's not a take. And people yeah. do that. You know, when, you, when you're, when you're uh, rejected by somebody, <coughs> yeah. you get back at them.
0: All's fair in love and advertising. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you kind of get curious about, you know, Ted's confident that he can manage Peggy from L.A., uh, and he can, he can supervise her from L.A. One wonders what she's going to do in return. Thoughts? There. Yeah. <laughs> One wonders. The mind boggles. I, I feel bad for Pete, though. Pete, I think, more than anyone this season, had a really incredible arc of, if not quite redemption, then just sheer empathy. We saw him stripped of... Like, he and Don... Don was stripped of just about everything in this episode, but we saw Pete stripped of it over the course of a season and then have some hope and then have it dashed again. Uh, and it's it's so interesting that somebody who... From the very beginning, we all thought was just such a weasel,
2: can in, uh, engender such empathy now. Right. You know? It, well, I, look, this is, this is what I've been saying. And I mean, not to break more and pat myself on the back, but this is what I've been saying all season about Pete. I think Pete is the one who's making the most dynamic transformation here. I mean, Pete is a guy who we have thought is this big weasel and, and all these other things, but he's actually the guy who has the biggest leaps of growth. And then even at the end here, Trudy finally tells them, she's like, look, you know this is this is good for you. Like look around, You're, you this is a fresh start for you. I mean all I mean every you see it all season from the moment the MLK episode where he was he got really really furious about that situation, which was a shocker shameful to Shameful day. Yeah, the shameful day, uh, all the way up until he took that long drag of a joint. You know, <laughs> Pete is changing You know, His hairline's changing yeah. He's changing that hairline
0: He's kind of like a reverse Samson The less hair he yeah. has <laughs> the, stronger the stronger
2: he, gets, he becomes okay. So I'm really, really I'm, I'm, I'm as interested to see what happens to Pete As I am to Don Because I yes. feel like Pete's so they really They
1: sort of just dropped him saying uh, he's going to California But yeah.
2: Where'd that come from? Was, yeah. I,
1: was I missing something, or did that just happen at the end of the Yeah. Year? Oh, no, it happened.
0: It happened. <laughs> so he's then. going
1: with
0: Ted? He's What's going Sunkist? with Ted. He's going to be the business side at Sunkissed $8 million campaign. Hey, go Pete, I say. Wow. Chris. Well,
4: you like Pete. I, I, I'm i gathering. You he know what?
0: It. Well, not the same way Bob Benson likes Pete. <laughs> Let's be real. If uh, Bob Benson likes Pete If he does. If Bob I'm, Benson I'm, likes I'm, I'm Pete at all. I'm with you. I'm with you, Chris. It's... it's it's up in the air. Okay. And so is Pete now that he's, he's bi-coastal. But uh, I,
2: I think that... Or bisexual. That, <laughs> or bisexual.
0: <laughs> what up? Chris! Oh, man. Chris with a sick burn on Pete Campbell. Everybody, put that on the scoreboard. I, I think that, that Pete is, has come to realize A, his station in life and, and, and B, his limitations. And it's humanized him a lot. Realizing that he's never going to achieve the kind of business greatness or, or rise to the level of importance that he considers himself worthy of has made him, uh, I think, appreciate more the things that he has in his life, although maybe not his mother, uh, as we saw in the scene where they didn't want to pay for his mom's murderer to get caught.
1: It's not going to bring her back.
0: Wow. <laughs> She's with dad. Dad was in the seat.
1: Yeah, let's well,
0: come, let's bring Manolo back and try him for murder. We didn't. We only got to see Manolo once. I want to see him again, but in court. I don't know about all
2: that. All right, fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm cool in the whole thing. Like, she, she's in the sea with her husband. It's all good. I'm, I'm completely. I've complete closure on that. Okay, I fine. I do. Well, okay. So, so I want to I transition, you know, out out of this episode, which was, I think, you know, great season. Great, great episode. I mean, a really, really phenomenal season. A lot, I mean, it's one of these things where you sort of take a step back and look at all that was accomplished with these characters in the season and all the different transformations and growths that happened in the season. It was a lot, as much as anything that's happened, you know? And yeah. so uh, I think it's, con- so both of you, congratulations and a wonderful season. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. So Thank you. Uh, I want to I get into um, a little bit of the, of the of the characters itself and, and the show, and what it's like to work on a great show like this, um, I want to start a little bit with uh, with with you, Christopher and uh, Chris, and talk about Henry because you I mean, we touched on this earlier, but you know henry is he's very he 's an enigma to a, certain, to a certain degree to a lot of us. I mean he started out just by the sheer nature of his appearance he 's almost a villain or like a foil to Don because he was so the anti Don initially people were like all the Don lovers were like well henry what 's he doing you know but um, it, it, it's been sort of like, as Matt said, Henry has sort of evolved into one of the most, you know, stable, <laughs> virtuous guys on the show. Uh, and how, how would you describe Henry Francis? Because I, you know, I can't get I can't get a handle on him exactly.
4: So how would, how would you describe him? I mean, you, you touched on it. I think he's just a he's what we all aspire to be. In a certain sense, that he's happy with. Uh, he's, he's 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 a man who kind of knows who he is, and he's happy to be that. He's not it's not to say that he's not ambitious it's not to say that he's want more for his life that he wants challenges in his life that he liked a certain amount of set. that he doesn't have any ego he does but I I think with Henry family comes first and he's not going to sacrifice anything that's going to jeopardize that whatsoever if that you know I think that just makes him who he is that's just that's just the kind of guy that he is
3: well what
0: what does he love about Betty like they're five years into their marriage she's hot well, there, there's that. Joe Braswell simplifying everything, That's but it. beyond That's that. Much. you know they're five years into their marriage it's had its highs and lows, and it's finally it's reaching another high. Yeah What, what keeps that marriage going?
4: He uh, He obviously sees something in Betty that he finds I think Betty 's always been identified by most of the everyone that Betty comes into contact with they 've defined her by her beauty. He sees something he sees her as a person of. A person of substance And I think that he um, Sees something in her that's Worthy and that He sees it in, her, in her a person That can see that can be in the world In a way that's um, That's different from um, How she's sort of approached it up until This point yeah I mean she's attractive And she's this and she's that But I think he sees her as a good mother um, And I know a lot of people will Could argue that point uh, <laughs> But for a mother of that time, they were a little bit different in those days, and um, I, I think that he would—he—he he feels that she can be something. She, he can be—I think he's so progressive that he sees women as something that um, that are not to be sort of objectified as women were at that time for their physical beauty. That there, there's much, much more to women than we see on the on, on, the, on the surface, and I think he sees elements of that in Betty.
2: Right. So in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the MLK episode, the assassination episode, it was, you know, the, what Mad Men does really well is sort of take, obviously it's a period piece, so you have all these historical moments. We get to see them through the eyes of the characters, and this is 1968, you know, full of tons and tons of historical tumultuous moments, including the assassination of Bobby Kennedy and MLK, but so in that episode, I, it was great because you got to see really Insight to each character, sort of through the reflection of how they dealt with this moment in history, and right. and with with, with Henry, I, I felt like there was some, I, I couldn't really get a handle on where Henry was, and, 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 and what and what we what we learned about Henry. I felt like we learned about a lot about each character through that assassination. What did we learn about Henry there? I mean, he was sort of exasperated that. He had to do some things for the for the city. I mean what, 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 what was he what's
4: Henry's dancer? I think he was annoyed with what was happening at the time, which is a sort of a very real thing that was happening in New York at the time. He was really annoyed with Lindsay and how he was handling this this the situation. Um, but at the same time he admired him incredibly because Lindsay went literally went into Harlem and went into the these areas that were about to erupt and quelled the fire. Right. and henry was was willingly you know was ready to go and, and do that work and wanted to do it because the alternative as much of a mess as new york was at the time henry was willing to to uh, to knew that he could go in there and and, and sort of help and help this v- sort of Lindsay's vision of new york um, right. i think he's a really progressive guy and he sees he sees what new york and what the country could be through the eyes of mlk and 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 uh and robert kennedy
0: well now that he's running for office you say that he's you say that he's a progressive and i think that that comes off on the show but at the same time he comes from this very aristocratic feeling background he is ultimately he's an old-fashioned feeling guy with a progressive brain what do you think his platform is
4: Well, I'm not so sure he comes from... He's aristocracy. I'm not so sure I would go there if I were you. Oh. Well, if you go back to when he first came on in episode three, uh, um, season three, Mm -hmm. he says to Betty when they're walking down the street, they stop and they look in a window that has furniture in it. And she says, how do you know so much about this? Because he looks at this this couch and he says, I used to move furniture for a living. Hmm. Oh. So... We don't really, you know, you don't really know what, you know, he's not, a, I'm, I'm not so sure he's a blue blood. We don't, we, you don't know if he's coming from this aristocratic background. So, and if you're gonna ask about what his platform is, I think it's kind of obvious. I mean, yeah. he's, he's a Republican. He's in, but the Republican party at that time was extremely, you know, wasn't the Republican party of today. Sure. I mean, they would probably be considered the Democrats of today. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a fairly socially progressive guy. Who wants to see um, civil rights, equal rights, make their have their due? And I, I think he's part of. He wants to be a part of that conversation.
2: Do we think that next season we will get to see? Well, you know, you know look, right, this is a pure speculation because you don't know, we don't know. Right. However, uh, you know, they you know they tend to make these jumps. You know, not, sometimes they make a a year jump, maybe it's a couple years. Yeah. Uh, do we hope to see? uh you know uh, Henry Francis in office next season
4: we'll see we'll yeah. have to see i mean at the end of the season he was up in Albany. i don't know if he was a real if he was elected into the state senate or not yeah. we we'll just have to see what happens well
0: it was it was it would be after the election it was it was around thanksgiving yeah. right but so we,
4: we, we don't we still don't know it's just not we'll revealed see. don't know
0: yeah no. um beth i want to i want to turn the conversation uh to you now you've stated in previous interviews that you know caroline is kind of, she's different from other secretaries she's in, she's content where she
1: is right she likes whoa <laughs> she likes the,
0: she likes the job she doesn't really want to move you know what does that say about her is it more that she's content with the position or is it because of working specifically for roger i feel like out of the majority of the executives in the building he's kind of the easiest to manage. Like, he's just, he's always going to be easygoing. Like, he's needy, but he's never going to be super cross, I feel. Um,
1: I think, yeah, I think it's because she likes working for Roger, but I think she's also a secretary, and that's who she is, and she's not looking to run the business, she's looking to do her job. And she does her job, and she's been doing it for Roger for a few years, and They've gotten close in a boss-secretary relationship. Close we, enough
0: that you almost had him to Thanksgiving.
1: We, well, we found out tonight. Yeah. That okay. I have an ex-alcoholic husband and a spastic child.
0: Right. <laughs> Which I think having a spastic child makes Roger just a cakewalk.
1: <laughs> exactly. Because that's
0: basically what he is, just with more liquor. Um <laughs> I, I you, you've seen kind of like the company evolve in the past three seasons. You know, you came in just as as SCDP was forming. Right. I know that the merger this season uh, was was a big change to the energy. Uh, how has the energy changed over the years? Like even just on set working. You know, from when uh, from when you started to the present.
1: The energy on the set, um, it's pretty similar. As for, you know, when I'm there, I'm in the office, so. It's it's pretty similar. There's more people, <laughs> but um, it's still a great working set. There's still a lot of the same crew, so it's um, not too different with the merger. But except I went upstairs.
2: <laughs> right.
1: I no longer have to sit at in at my desk every scene that they have a scene in the conference room in case they see me. <laughs> but um, other than that, I mean. I don't see a big difference with the merger or okay. changes over the years as far as the energy on the set. It's Still a fun set and hardworking. Right? Well, yep. well, <laughs>
2: well, speaking of which, I mean, Perfect. I think you guys are—you know—you guys are relatively, you're not new to the show now. Cause you've been on; you've each been on for over three seasons, but or three seasons, but when. When in you four. you four, sorry, but but what was it like finding out that you were going to because Madden was in full swing. So it was an awesome show already in seasons one and two. So for both of you, felt when you four, you fans beforehand when you found out you were going to maybe be involved in the show.
1: I was a huge fan. I had seen every episode and was a huge fan. When I got the call to audition, and I was thrilled, and I didn't know it would be even recurring at all. It was just a secretary, and they give you sides that don't show even who you're reading with. So I didn't know whose secretary I'd be auditioning for. And uh, so I just had a, a few lines on the episode and I booked it and when I get there they're like, oh, you know, we're gonna cut your hair, we're gonna, we're gonna. and yeah. i was like, wait a second. It's like, yeah, you're Roger's secretary and yeah. you'll be back. So I was like, That's amazing,
2: hey.
4: cool. I, yeah, I didn't know, I, you, I went into uh, and Thought it was going to be two or three episodes, and it turned into something else. And I was a fan before the show started, yeah. I loved the show. I thought it was great.
2: Went from there. That's great. I mean, because you, especially you, because you went in like, you know, I'm going to go for a couple episodes, you end up marrying Betty. You right. Know? It's like, that's a good look. That was really good.
4: That was really, it uh, was really very surprising. Yeah. You know, if they had told me beforehand, I probably would have freaked
2: out. Yeah. But, We're uh, going to have you marry Betty in a couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, so, well, you know, we we talk about all this time. Like, obviously, Mad Men is, I mean, it, it's a cultural phenomenon. It 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 is, we, again, one of the most talked about shows. It's a show that, like, you know, every after every episode, it's dissected by, you know, the, the, every every columnist on the internet, every critic. We have shows like us, podcasts, spending entire hours plus talking about it. Um, other podcasts, other news shows, talking about every and every episode, every word. I mean, what's that like for you guys? I know Matthew Weiner talks about like he doesn't really get involved in the day to day because it's hard because he knows the entire vision, so he can say like I don't want to get involved in each episode because I know how this thing's going to end. But for you guys, I mean, you guys are kind of in the conversation yourself. So do you do you get involved in any of these conversations, either reading stuff or listening to stuff, or you just kind of like hands off?
1: Well, I I see what people say, and it's it's always interesting to see how people view the show, especially. When you shot some things and you know what's going to happen in the future and right. things like that, but um, I, uh, yeah, I like listening to it.
4: It's interesting. It's always interesting to hear people's perceptions of what they think it is, and it's interesting to listen to you guys. You yeah. know, you know, we have had. we read the about. scripts. We 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 know what's going to happen.
1: Of, of exactly
4: exactly because there are a lot of things that we 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 don't know right. so um so it's just interesting to hear what people's ideas and thoughts are about the characters who they think they are and where the story's story's going to go do
0: you Absolutely. have a, a favorite thing that you've read either about your character or from the show or you're just like where are these people getting this <laughs> stuff
4: not, not particularly no hmm. I, you know you hear some outlandish things and if you read too much of what they're talking about and blogging about on the internet, this is the rabbit hole you don't, you don't want to go down. Yeah.
0: Hey, it's our rabbit hole. Wait, wait this, bud, it. But there's it, a lot
4: it. of, most of it, from, at least from my point of view, from my, it's just fairly, fairly positive. And, yeah. But there's also detractors, and you look at, you know, it's interesting to see, again, perceptions, see, seeing what people think and what they think is going to happen. I'm always
2: spot on, I'm never wrong.
4: You're, I, yeah. you, guys, you guys are actually really, really, uh, really pretty, pretty spot on
2: about your no. ideas about what you think the show is.
5: Thanks, Chris. Yeah, you're
2: welcome. Hey, I, um, we've, got, nice we, we've got more questions as well, but I just want to any, any of you folks who have any questions out here for, 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 for Chris or, or Beth or, or Even Matt for, or yeah, me? Yeah, for me,
0: like where did I get this sweet linen jacket? I'll tell you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, you know, no, I mean, no question. Any, any, if you have anything, Raise yeah. your hand. Question. Shout it out. We'll get you a microphone, anything you want to know in, in particular while, while, while we have these... Pretty shy crowd here. out there tonight.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I think they're good. They're ready to go home.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, so how would how would you, uh, I mean, you know, how would you sort of sum up season six? Because it's been, you know, I it, 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 it's... Some people say it's about, like I've said, it's about mirroring and doubling. You know, you have the CGC versus, uh, you know, SEDP. You have... Draper versus Cha. You have, you know, all, all these different sort you of know, Sterling versus Cutler, um, and some people say it's about, uh, you know, uh, uh, their. Uh, I'm sorry. So, people say it's about uh, uh, these worlds colliding, maybe personal, and professional worlds colliding with, you know, the two companies meeting, uh, with a Sally, you know, seeing her, seeing her father. Right. How would you, how would you guys describe the season for you? What, what's the, what's been the theme for you? Hmm. What
4: do you think?
1: Um, I it, it's okay.
0: Sure. This is a safe place. It's a safe zone. <laughs> <song. laughs> uh,
1: well, I really have enjoyed watching the season. From you know everything I've seen, and I thought it's really mainly about Don's journey, the, and where, like where we saw him end up tonight. I mean where he's. What he's going through and how he's going to redeem himself, if he is. Um, whether there's a theme throughout, I haven't really figured that all out.
2: Well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for, for guys like us. The internet's always like the theme of this season is clearly. Yeah. yeah. You guys are like ah, yeah. that's good.
0: It's clearly <laughs> carnivals,
2: obviously.
0: Uh, it's not carnivals. Don't quote me on that,
4: Chris. I don't know. There's so many. Th- there are, there are several themes that run through this show. For each episode, <coughs> it's just a continuation of, of again. To one, what's that? You can't
1: break it down to like one. No, you can't. I mean, this is probably there's probably so a
4: central theme, things. but then there are so many. But it all really so runs. Dense. It really runs through Don, and and everyone is sort of an offshoot of, or uh, an example, uh, metaphorically, of what's what's going to happen with Don about really about getting real about your life, about who you are, about yeah. being honest, about being the person that you. Wanna be and who you think you are versus who you actually are.
0: So do, you have, do you have a favorite episode this season, one where you're just like, that was great, whether just from being in it or from watching it, just one that you love?
1: Yeah, I think the one where uh, Sally saw Don in a compromising position. I thought when he came down into the hallway and didn't know which way to walk and, and just was like... Because I don't think he had ever really been... Sort of found out and caught before. I mean,
0: it was just so wonderful what he did with that, and I, I loved that episode. I thought it was really Favors funny. was the name of the episode. Yeah, Favors yeah. is great. <laughs> Look at you. Wow. I know my stuff. You're, you're kind of impressive. <laughs> you're a little frightening, actually. What's the title of episode. <laughs> Look at this guy. To the title of tonight's episode, I believe, was by any means, but don't quote me on that. I'm totally wrong. Um, yeah,
4: I don't have a favorite. I thought the, I thought the season was great. I, yeah. th- I thought each episode held something a little bit different. Yeah, I thought it was good.
0: I personally, I loved the Better Half, which was uh, the episode where uh, Betty and Don go to camp uh, with Bobby, and we get yeah. to see that that wonderful scene where uh, where after they sleep together, and you know the, the wall comes down, and, and Don talks about how little sex means to him. And uh, it, it was just a very interesting bit of insight that I never thought that we'd get. Um, and I thought
2: it was just a beautifully, beautifully crafted episode. I loved, I mean, this is kind of a, this is kind of not an a, not a original pick, but I love The Crash. I love it. Everybody, I know. I know, but I love the crash. I love you know the whole the, the whole idea of the doctor feel good of the Cutler having this doctor feel good. The doctor that'll fix you up, and everyone running along the office, and Cosgrove doing the tap dance, and that was just. I loved it. I loved that episode.
0: It was so wacky. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's a show where, as understated as it is, you can have these great episodes that are just all kind of a flurry of, uh, of, of visuals and, and just of crazy character spe- specifics and lots of fun comedy. But it, to me, it was just, it was just so much. Right. So much. Just give me some solid Mad Men. I don't want,
2: I don't want a carnival trick. The carnival, you're your carnivals. <laughs> so, all
0: the time carnivals. What happened?
2: So, the, the couple, this is the last thing that I have on, on, on of my questions here. It's, I know I talked about the the history, the period piece, the, the historical perspective and all this stuff. And, you know, 68, we dealt with a lot of, we dealt with almost every major. We dealt a lot with Vietnam, a lot, you know, a little, a little bit of uh, Bobby Kennedy. Actually, not with Bobby Kennedy at all. It just no, just mentions right at the end of an episode. They
1: just mention that when the mother came out, and yeah, that Kennedy
2: boy died. Well, that already happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, Which it was on my birthday, course. by the way. <laughs> what? Um, really? Yeah, Ke- uh, Robert Kennedy
1: was shot on June fifth. Oh. That's my
2: birthday. Oh, that's a bummer.
1: You know, same oh.
2: well. Then th- is was there anything that was adre- that was or wasn't addressed, in, you know, historically, that you you wanted to see, or that, are, you, are you glad they did, or is there anything that you know, any any of his any 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 any, any things historically that may or may not have happened that you? Liked or wanted to wish they would have dealt more with. I asked because people because people this is these are all internet type you know, buzz. So I'm asking, you know, asking for the for the internet is that people some people say like I wish they would have de- de- dealt more with uh, you know the music. I wish they would have dealt more with uh, what's going on culturally. I wish they would have dealt more with this and, and the show is not about that. But right, it's yeah, all, I don't
1: think the show is about that. I think it mentions it as long in passing as it deals with it, as the characters deal with it. Mm-hmm. But it's not a show about 1968. It's about a show about. Don Draper and the advertising agency and the people and, and how their world is maybe uh, affected by what happens in, in the world. But, not, you know, so things happen and, and it affects them, but it's not a more, I would, I don't think you have to deal more into that or else it gets too much, a different show.
4: Right. Yeah, It becomes more of a history lesson than, yeah. than, uh, than you know a, a, a dramatic television show. Okay. I, I agree with everything. Everything yeah.
0: she said, yeah. I, uh, I I have I have a quick question before before we wrap, and it's something that we talked about a few episodes ago on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of what would happen if Don Draper died before the end of the series. You know, we've talked so much about how this show is about Don's journey, and all the, There's all these other people who their lives are just kind of intertwined with his, uh, and you know, his journey is is representative of what was going on. Uh, for men at the time, and perhaps for the the American Dream, and so on. Uh, what do you think would happen to this show, and would, could it potentially be, you know, a, a finer piece of television if there was this sudden vacuum of that energy?
1: No.
2: Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe if Henry Francis were the main character. <laughs>
1: I think if Don dies before the show ends, people will stop watching
4: okay, that's yeah, Don's show I mean it's Don it's it's uh, it's it's a show that where all the sto- different storylines are told through the eyes and through the perceptions of who Don is. I don't think the show exists without
2: Don great so well, what we do on our show every week is we do uh, a segment called Predictions where we predict you know what we think is going to happen and now that we've seen it all, we can only start to predict what may happen next season but um so when I want to get into our predictions, but again it's just Anyone else? Uh-huh. Aha! I knew it! I knew it. Yeah, questions you don't
0: have, you? but opinions. No, uh-huh. <laughs> you don't have to ask
2: questions. They know you know it already. Can we hear you? Sure. Can we bring the mic? Let's you need a mic? Here, I'll bring him a mic. I don't... I'm not going to get up. I can't. All right. Go down this way. Okay. All right. It's like Phil Donahue for people who are old enough to know who that guy is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Love your work on the
5: show, it's just awesome. Love both of your characters. I have a question, as you both are working actors, when you're reading, it's one thing to be a viewer and to see how different it is as a viewer watching, the show is from other things on television, but as a working actor, when you're reading the script and getting your lines, does it feel different than the other things that you read or is it, does it happen when it's being shot? When, when does everything kind of make that transition?
1: No. Um, yeah, I think you read it and you go, "This is really good." <laughs> so um, you and you read other things that maybe have not been so good. So yeah, I think you can really—it's oh, it's all there right in the writing in the, on the script.
4: Yeah, I I feel the same way. I think that you 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 know you just look at something and you can kind of tell if it's jumping off of the page at you and you you, you know if you've done it long enough you can see. If it's something that's really going to interest you or something that you're going to identify with, you'll know that it's great or know that it's not something that speaks to you. Cool. Yeah. That guy back there. Uh, Thanks
5: for doing this. It's a lot of fun to hear your insight. And the question I had is this season there were different directors uh, according to the episodes, and I'm wondering what your experience was Behind the camera and the direction, John Ham directed an
4: episode, and you know, so I'd love to hear your experience of, of working with the
0: different directors on different episodes and how that works creatively.
4: Uh, I didn't work with John, so in this this season, last season, I did work in an episode that he directed. Um, each director brings something a little bit different to each episode um, in terms of how they deal with you um but they all have you know they have their marching orders and they all have to get the points in that they have to get in and they have to um sort of work with you in a way that's just that's just you know just really simply it's 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 not rocket science it's really just about they understand your character i understand it and it's really about giving different looks and different feels, doing it, do, doing it this way, maybe a little less this time, a little bit more another time, and that's really it. We love, we love Jennifer,
2: Jennifer Getziger, is that it? Jennifer's great. But, but, yeah. it be, we, we, she directed my really first fans episode, fans. episode I produced. i had two episodes with her, and
1: she is great. Yeah. She's my favorite. Uh, yeah, I worked with Scott Hornbacker, who's a, one of the executive producers on the premiere, and he directed like probably the hardest scene I've ever done, which is that crying scene with uh, Roger. And I was really glad he was a, the director because he was just so patient, and you know, just really helped me to get to where I had to be at the right time, because uh, that can be really difficult. But they bring back a lot of the same directors each season, so you you get to work with them a few times, hopefully. And I haven't had the fortune of being directed by John Ham, but I have worked with John Slattery as a director, and right. he was terrific. So yeah. But, like you said, the script is you, you do it word for word, and it's, everything is mapped out pretty much what the writers uh, have put in. And so they follow that, and then they bring their own little style to it.
2: Um just a peek How how soon do you guys get the scripts? I mean how 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 do you it get them because be different we different me <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I get it the
1: night before the table, right? No, I just get mine. We, we, we get them the night before. Oh, okay. oh yeah. really it
2: seems like so, assembly, there are these big long arcing things that you know the yeah. genius of Matthew Weiner may know, but you guys don't know, right? No, I mean, we don't know. So the night before? Night before. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that's that's cool. Anyone else? Anything else?
0: Oh, right There's here. So do you stay up that, the night before, all night rehearsing?
4: Well, the, the night before, we get the scripts the night before the table read. And then the next day we have a table read where the entire cast sits down and we read the script out loud. And then we actually start working and shooting the script. Depending on what your, the sco- shooting schedule is, you could, you could start working on your scenes two or three days from that period of time.
5: The the first from the first episode of season six, you had that scene in bed with Betty, and she makes all those comments about uh, about the violinist. Right. And of course, this being the first episode of the new season, everyone had that "what the fuck" moment. Uh, how was that? Can you talk a little bit about that scene and shooting that, and then yeah. thinking as an actor and watching? Okay, this is where it's going to go, or. What's in store for you? I think it
4: was one of those conversations that takes place in the privacy of a married couple or, or a couple who's been together for a very long period of time. And they can have this conversation and say sort of off-color, inappropriate things to each other and know that each other doesn't mean it. And I think we've all had that experience, whether you're a brother or sister or a married, married couple. And you do it to sort of get, in, get under the skin of the person that you're dealing with. And true to form, Betty goes a little too, too mm-hmm. far. You know, she, she sort of says she's trying to, she's trying to pull you know sort of annoy Henry or sort of excite something in him, and she goes a little bit too far, but uh, it's not to be taken literally. I can tell you that.
1: Cool. That was a very
0: talked-about scene. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Anyone else? Uh, questions or speculation?
1: Yeah, the what Desires
5: what you want
1: to see happen. I know you all want to see Caroline sleep with Dawn. It's probably going to happen. <laughs> Why
0: not? No, Beth, let's make this happen. Let's start a campaign.
1: When I got and to we... be his secretary for one episode, I thought, well, this is my chance. It, this man. is it. It's going to happen.
0: Do you just have the, the, you know, put the hand on the other hand moment from the pilot? And No? Nothing? No. no. It didn't happen. Man.
2: The internet campaign.
0: Come on, internet, right I, I, now.
1: I still had a job, so that was good. That's good.
0: Very important. All right. All right.
2: All right. Well, so let's, you, uh, guys. Let, well, let's jump into uh, our, our predictions here then. Yeah. We're going to get some predictions for uh... –
4: Before we get into predictions, Uh-oh. do you guys edit this? Do you edit this thing down? Because uh-huh. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so oh, the you bathroom. do. It's not even funny. Go. Can well, I go?
2: I, <laughs> I know. It's really tough. Well, well, I, I cannot I, I, hold it. I th- I, I think we can just wrap it, right? Yeah. Like,
0: or, I mean, why don't you get one prediction in? Let's run into the bathroom. We'll yeah, bathroom.
2: Please. Here,
3: Chris, you why quickly. don't you tell us your predictions? My predictions – yeah,
4: my prediction of, of of next season
0: is that Yeah, what you're Here, I have a wireless mic. Let's do it as you walk. Yeah, we can hear it. Yeah. Let's do it as you walk and then give us a play-by-play of so what is going 20 down. Seconds. Give
4: us my prediction is that you will see a lot more of what you have seen. <laughs> <laughs> let this man go. You're going to be you're going to be
0: entertained. Let that's, let his that's my prediction. You're going
3: to love this.
0: That is that is a man of extreme poise right there. He does not yeah. Grace under fire. Uh Beth, what do you think? Any predictions for the coming season?
1: I read the script of the finale and I didn't even uh couldn't even predict that. <laughs> I didn't even know Pete was going to California. So um, it's impossible to predict. I would hope that you know Pete comes back from California at some yeah. point and that um Maybe they unmerge. I don't know. I don't know what the prediction. I have no idea, of course, because Matt doesn't tell anyone anything. But I'm excited to see.
2: Well, do you think they'll do? You think they'll remain coastal? You think do you think it'll come back? Maybe into because one they thing?
1: do seem to like to shoot in L.A. Now, of yeah. course, they can shoot in L.A. easily because they shoot out here. But um, <laughs> yeah, that might be a good idea. And, what?
2: Then, and then what well, about... You're
1: never wrong, so I'm dying. I'm never here.
2: wrong. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And then what about this? Um, the notion of you know, Mad Men, this the time jump. I mean, are we gonna? This is the last season, so yeah. are we gonna come back in 1977 with like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> no. I think
1: a lot of people have said they don't want to see Don in bell bottoms, you right. know, just uh, like
0: perm. Like, I want to <laughs> see him in bell bottoms. That sounds hysterical.
1: <laughs> That's why,
2: okay. Well, fine. Matthew Lieberman, what do you got?
0: Well it's not confirmed that it's the last season but I'm approaching it as a fan as if it is and I think we're going to see Don try to tackle his demons as best as he can you know he's he's not going to necessarily wind up on top in his career I think that I think that in many ways what has gone on this season and the season preceding it you know show, is, shows a dawn in decline and someone who needs to find himself. And that's why he got dismissed from the agency. And I really want to see him take that journey. I want to see him take that journey and really tackle these things that have haunted him for so long. And honestly, the thing that would, that would like, like, for me, just be like, whoa, is if, if he legitimately... If he takes his name back and, you know, Don Draper is dead, you know, long live Dick Whitman. That, to me... Would be I would never see that coming, and it would make me so happy as a viewer to really see him come full circle and and put the lie to bed. That's what I want to see. It could be oh, Sterling Cooper and Whitman. Exactly, <laughs> Sterling Cooper Whitman, not Price. He died. Sorry,
2: R.I.P. <laughs> R. Lane. You st- <laughs> oh really? A little pour up, up top. Lane. Yeah. Uh, we you, you kind of I'm not gonna say you stole mine, but I have a very similar. I, mine is very similar. I think I think that we're gonna see. I think what we 're going to see is really the um, you know these, these Sterling Cooper and partners. Uh, I think that's going to be broken up because I, I predict first of all that Cooper not going to make it no <laughs> cooper's not going to make it. How Burt step. Cooper has lived this long I do not know Burt Cooper will not the bow ties we'll have to, the bow ties will be gone. Burt Cooper will be out. I think that uh, there's something about this California move that. I think, and this will play itself out. I really do believe that the agency will break up. I think that that uh, Cosgrove and uh, Crane will get their TV division. I think that they will get their own, their own agency there. I think, I think this will ultimately end up with Pete Campbell and Dick Whitman starting their own agency out in California. I really do believe that that's where we're going to end up. And um,
1: Will he be back with Megan then?
2: I think Megan's. Uh, oh yeah, Megan's, Megan's gone too. I think that's over. I, don't, I hate to see her go, because I, I love Jessica, but, but I think it's over.
1: We started the same
2: episode, Jessica and I, so that was... Oh. Aww, well, well, I, I, think that, I think that marriage is over. So <laughs> let me recap. Marriage over, Cooper dead, uh, <laughs> Whitman Whitman alive, yeah. and uh, Benson a Terminator. Benson a Terminator. <laughs> uh, Francis will definitely be a senator, for sure. Yeah. That's what I got. All right. All right. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much. Thank you all for joining us here. And thank you for joining us all season. It's been a fantastic season. It's been a pleasure doing it. Uh, we can't wait to, to do it. Do more of it next year. Uh, where can we find Are you guys on the Twitters? Are you guys anything on, on, online or anything like that? No. I'm all right. Well, we. Yeah. Oh.
1: I'm actually,
2: on Twitter. Let's hear it.
1: He's on Twitter. <laughs> What's
2: your <their> handle?
1: Um, <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Either Bethel actress or actress Bethel, I don't remember which
2: I did. We'll find it. We'll find it and post it. Matt, where can we find you, sir?
0: All right. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. You can also find me here on After Buzz TV on the Under the Dome after show and the Defiance after show on Sci Fi. Both of them really awesome, awesome programs. Uh, and you can also find sketch comedy at VLYTV.com
2: wow I'm Joe Braswell you can find me on twitter at Joe K Braswell on twitter you can also find me doing some after buzz stuff to be TBD this summer and also uh, on grantland.com ESPN's grantland.com some stuff there it's been a great great pleasure here today thank you all for thank joining us. <laughs> Here's us something, and uh, we'll see you soon thank you right. thank you so much